Hello. Didn't they do wonderful? We were just saying backstage, that might be the part of the service that the Lord loves most. Amen? Suffer the little children, he said. Well, today is Resurrection Sunday. Amen? Today is not about bunnies and eggs or about pastel suits, as I said earlier, although this is the one day a year that you can do this and still be a man. Amen. When I was buying this, I was like, should I buy it? And an old lady in the line goes, and that's when I knew. Nailed it. <laughs> she wouldn't lie. She's too sweet. Well, let's pray and we'll get into today's message. Father, thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you, Lord. It is Resurrection Sunday. Today is about life over death, freedom over bondage, breakthrough, anointing, healing, deliverance, light over darkness, goodness over wickedness. We thank you for your presence in this place. I pray that you would anoint me to minister your word this morning, that it would not be words that come from me alone, but words that come from you to penetrate our hearts and our minds. Father, reach every person under the sound of my voice this day. May their hearts be receptive. May their minds be open. May the gospel be preached. And may the glory go to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Join me in your Bibles, if you've got it, to John chapter 20. Most of the scripture today we probably put up on the screen, but this one I don't know that they will. I just wanted to read this. It says, in John chapter 20, this is Resurrection Sunday. It says, early on Sunday morning... While it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and she found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. She said, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. Peter and the other disciple started out for the tomb and they were both running. But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. Bragging rights right there. He stooped and looked in and saw the, the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived, and he went inside, and he also noticed the linen wrappings, lying, linen wrappings lying there, while the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. Then the disciple who reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw, and he believed. Shout, believed. believed. Today I want to talk to you about what you believe. For until then they hadn't really understood the scriptures that said Jesus must rise from the dead. Today is Resurrection Sunday. Today we recognize the fact that Jesus did in fact rise from the dead. The tomb couldn't hold him. Death couldn't contain him. Jesus came back and he gave those keys to you and I today. The keys of death, hell, and the grave are in the church. If you believe it, shout amen. amen. Just by poll before I proceed with today's off, or, or message, how many people in this room right now would be dead if it wasn't for the Lord getting a hold of your life? Just look around the place. If it's not proof of the resurrection of Christ, look how many of us can say, we would be dead if it wasn't for the Lord. Amen. I would have died many times over, but the Lord's hand was upon my life because I had a praying mama. Come on, somebody. The Lord is good. Now, some of you may be driven on this property today and you say, man, I want to believe the Lord is good, but my life isn't good. Your life looks more like a women's entertainment television show. It sounds more like a country music song. You've lost your spouse, you've lost your trailer, you lost your four-wheel drive pickup truck, and your dog. You've lost everything, and life has been tough. There's a saying that the, that the struggle is real that many people say. Let me tell you something. By the authority of the Word of God, the struggle is a lie. It is not real. You give your heart to the Lord, great things happen. Amen? Now, life can be tough. 
Because the Bible says, Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. There is a real enemy that hates you. He hates your life. He hates your kids. He hates your spouse. He hates everything good. His name is the devil, Beelzebub, Lucifer, Satan, whatever you want to call him. He's real, and he hates you. And Jesus came and defeated his power by rising from the grave and taking authority and giving it back to us. Amen. The enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, but I have come that you might have a rich and satisfying life or that you might have an abundant life. Come on, somebody, shout abundant. Amen, amen. The Lord is good. So when I was not saved, even though I was raised in a good household, I had great parents, everything going good. It's not like there was any reason for things to be bad. I did notice that the pull of the world and all the wickedness of this world was easily grabbing a hold of me. And the Bible calls that being dead in your sin. Colossians chapter 2 verse 13 says you were dead because of your sins. Who in here can testify you once were dead, but now you've been made alive. Who's been made alive? If it's true, shout amen. amen. You were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature. It had yet been cut away. But then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all of your sins, and he canceled the record of the charges against us, and he took it away by nailing it to the cross. That's what today is ultimately about. Amen, somebody. Today is about the power of the cross 2,000 years ago that still has the power to break every weight of sin off of anybody that chooses to believe it. In this way, Christ Jesus disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Hey, somebody. Resurrection Sunday is Victory Sunday in Jesus' mighty name. Who did he ridicule? Who did he victor get victory over? The devil that came to steal, kill, and destroy. Christ Jesus defeated the power of the enemy that day 2,000 years ago to everyone that believes it. Now, the thing about being dead is it's simple. Dead people don't know they're dead. They're dead. It takes someone alive to look at death and know, recognize death. But when you're dead, you don't know it. And dead people don't have their senses. When I was dead in sin, I didn't have the eyes to see. Fifteen times in the New Testament, Jesus Christ said, He that has ears, let him hear what the Spirit has to say. Speaking over and go over again about the awakening of the Spirit of God on the inside of you. When I was dead in sin, I didn't see what I was doing. Hurting people, abusing people, living this way, destroying my own life, held up and bound up. There are many people in America today that you can't see the goodness of God anywhere you look. It's like it's been stripped from your eyesight. You don't see God. You don't see the handiwork of the Lord. You look, but your eyes are blind to it because deep on the inside there's still death. But when you choose to believe and Christ Jesus comes on the inside of you, it's like Saul on the road to Damascus when scales fell from his eyes and for the first time he saw truthfully what was going on. There is a war. It's over your soul. And there's only one way you're going to win this battle. That's by giving your life to Jesus Christ, your Lord and your Savior. Amen. He will open your eyes to see what you didn't see before. When I got a hold of the Lord, when God got a hold of me, I should actually say, because we think we're pursuing God. Say, I, I found the Lord. No, I think he found you. Amen. When God found me and I got it touched by the Lord, my eyes opened up. And you know, no one ever came to me and told me to do this. I never had a counselor. 
Never had anybody sit me down and say, this is what a Christian should do. But in my heart of hearts, when I met the Lord, my eyes were open and I recognized how I had done people wrong. And I remember going to my mom and sitting with my mom and telling my mom, I'm sorry for all the, tri- the, the troubles I put you through. I treated you bad. I said things I shouldn't say. I sat down my sister. I remember crying as I repented to my sister. No one ever told me to do that. But see, when Jesus gets on the inside of you, your eyes get opened up. And you start seeing you were the moron the whole time. Come on, somebody. Why did I have so many problems? Because you kept putting yourself in positions to give yourself problems. But when your eyes get opened and you see another way, then you see the goodness of God and recognize there is another way in this world. And that way is Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And when you give your life to God, and there's nothing better than that revelation moment when the scales fall off of your eyes and you see for the first time what you need to see. The reality of the spiritual world. The reality of life over death, light over darkness. The reality of Christ Jesus on the inside of you that transforms you. It's not just something you put on like a jacket. It's something that gets on the inside of you that begins to change who you are. Amen. Christ Jesus changes you. I remember I got, I got saved. And every adjective and adverb that I ever used before that was a four-letter word. And I remember the Lord got a hold of my life. And I didn't even have anybody grammar, stop saying those things, stop talking like that. But those words dropped out of my vocabulary. So much so that I remember sitting with a person saying, I love this movie. This is one of the best movies you'll ever see. And we turned on the movie and it grieved my spirit. I couldn't even sit through all the language because God had done such a work on the inside of me. Come on, somebody. It's real. Shout, it's real. Dead people can't see, but live people see. With the seeing of their eyes. May the Lord give you Ephesians chapter 1. May the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. May you see the reality of, of God. May you see the truth of the gospel. May you see that this life is but a vapor and it's gone. And the only one, the only thing that matters in this life is do you know him? And does he know you? Come on, somebody. Have you drawn near to the Lord? And then deaf people, dead people can't hear. That's where Jesus said, he that has ears, let him hear what the Spirit has to say. Too many people go in this world and miss out on the greatest gift of all, that you don't have to figure everything out on your own. That Jesus Christ, the Lord of lords and the King of kings, will guide you in this life. Come on. He says, I am the way maker. He says, I make the crooked path straight. Come on. You know what that means? It means what would have taken you 10 years, if you listen to the voice of the Lord, you'll get a shortcut up the side. But you got to have ears to hear. Dead people can't hear, but when Christ gets on the inside of you and you come alive, now you hear the voice of the Lord. Amen. Jesus said in his word, my sheep know my voice and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. I don't know about you, but I don't want to follow CNN. I don't want to follow even Fox News. I don't want to follow CNBC. I don't want to follow any fake news out there. I want the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ to lead my life forward. You know one thing I'll say about this generation? This generation is getting, and I'm by this generation I mean all of us alive right now. Amen. Come on. It's not Gen Z, millennials, baby boomers, boomers times two, whatever it is. It's we, we the people. Amen. We the people, come on, throw your hands back. We the people. We the people are sick and tired of fake. 
We're sick and tired of lies. We're sick and tired of promises that lead to nothing. We're sick and tired of people boasting and producing little. But I'm here to tell you that everything Jesus ever said he would do, he will do it ten times over because the Lord's word never returns void. And if you hear, man, I tell you, it's like when God gets a hold on the inside of you and you spring to life, now when you sit down and you read the word, it's a totally different story. It's not black letters on a page. It's the Spirit of God speaking directly to you. It's not a promise written 2,000 years ago. It's something that springs to life on the inside of you. And you say, this is for me and my household. Hey, somebody. Ears to hear. The voice of the Lord. You know, it's the nature of God to speak. Hebrews tells us that we understand by faith that everything we see in this world with our natural eye was made by the unseen world, the spiritual world, that we know by faith that Christ Jesus spoke, the Lord spoke, and the Spirit of God moved, and everything was formed by the speaking of God's Word. God's Word has power. God's Word has authority. And God is still speaking today to those that have ears to hear. My prayer for everybody in this place is may you hear the voice of the Lord. Come on, somebody. There's so many people in America and right now across this land, young people. I'm talking, you meet teenagers, 13, 14 years old, that feel alone, that feel unloved, that feel unwanted. I remember stepping in a church in Jacksonville years ago. And a young lady was in the, in the, in the line for prayer at the altar service. And I looked at her, she must have been 14 years old. And when I stood in front of her, I heard the Spirit of God on the inside. See, this is what you get when you have ears to hear. I heard the Spirit of God say, tell her that she's beautiful and she's well-loved. Now, I'm a man, she's a teenage girl, so I didn't want to say you're beautiful because I'm a married man, happily married. Amen? I want to keep it that way. So I called my wife and I called, said, come here, babe, pray for this lady. So my wife came. From the front row, right up to this young lady, turned to her, and the first words out of my wife's mouth, you're beautiful, and the Lord loves you. Because when you hear the Lord, there's an army that's hearing the same thing. Come on, somebody. You want to talk about unity in the spirit? When you're hearing from one general, you're on one page. That young lady started crying. The power of God touched her. She opened her heart. Her dad or her stepdad had abused her, had beaten her, had verbally told her she's ugly, had treated her unwell, but the Lord came in to set that young lady free. He that has ears, let him hear what the Spirit has to say. You know, when you can hear the voice of the Lord, all that loneliness, that feeling like nobody gets you. Come on, somebody. Who in here has ever said, nobody gets me? Yeah, we all have. We all were teenagers at one time or still acting like it even though we're 65. That's all right. You get a free pass today. It's Resurrection Sunday. We all have those moments, those pity party moments. You know what a pity party is? It's where you send out invitations but no one comes but you. Because no one wants to hear about your problems because they're all like, we got our own, bro. Listen, when you can hear the voice of the Lord... The still, small voice of God. God knows exactly what to say, exactly when you need to hear it. And when you're feeling broken down and you're feeling lonely, the voice of the Lord will come shooting in and he'll say, I love you, I'm proud of you, I'm with you, I'm for you, and I'm not against you. 
And man, when you can hear the voice of the Lord, when it's on the inside of you, when you're driving to work and you're like, what am I supposed to do? When you're facing a problem and you're like, what am I supposed to do? When, you, when, you, when bad news comes, devastation tries to come at your door, what do I do? You can call a helpline or you can hear the voice of the Lord. And let me tell you, what God says is truth. What God says is authoritative. And anything he declares over you, you can bet your life on it. It will come to pass. It's hearing the voice of the Lord. Do you hear him? Do you know him? And dead people can't taste. We already hit this. Thank God for his goodness. That we get to taste and see the Lord is good every day to sustain our life. Amen. He says in his word, taste and see. See that I am good. He says in his word, I will set before you a table or a feast in the presence of your enemies. God says, if you would come to me, I will lay out a banquet table for you to feast on my goodness and taste of the kingdom of God. Maybe your life has been sour. Maybe it's more like sucking on a lemon every day you wake up. People always tell you, what's wrong with your face? And you say, this is my resting face. <laughs> it's time that the Lord took your resting face and turned it into a joyful face. Amen. From now on, may the lines that form on your face be from joy and laughter and not from scowls. Life can be bitter. Life can be rough. Life can be tough. There are many people that said, I never got a breakthrough. I've never seen goodness. The struggle is real in my life. Pastor Caleb, come to my house, and you'll realize that it's not all hunky-dory like you said. Well, we can pull the crowd. And let me tell you how many people, including myself, before I knew the Lord, life was an uphill battle. Always struggling, never getting ahead. Always, always in a fight. But then I met God. Oh, and the blessings of the Lord have overtaken my life. Now I rise in the morning and my head's not pounding and my wallet's still full. Come on, somebody. I don't forget where I've been. I don't have blackout moments. God is on my side. And now I'm blessed in the city and I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed in my coming and I'm blessed in my going. Taste and see that the Lord is good. My prayer for everybody here is if life has been tough for you, you could get a lot of pats on the back and tell you it's okay, but it's not going to get better until you come to Christ Jesus. When you come to God, something supernatural takes place. The Lord gets on the inside of your life, and once again, even if everybody in this room was dead set to make your life a living hell, if God be for you, guess what, baby? It's up and up and up from here on out. The Bible says, I will take you from faith to faith and glory to glory. It's eternal victory in the kingdom of God. If you believe it, shout amen. Man, God is good. Taste in the goodness of the Lord. Rejoice in the fact that he says, goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. He says, my blessings overtake you. You know what that means? It means you don't go looking for the blessings of the Lord. They go looking for you. Man, when you get a hold of God in your life and God gets a hold of your life, you are set on a different playing field. And everything the enemy used to use to get to you in your mind bombarding you, the loneliness feeling, the struggle of this world, it's like always in an uphill battle breaks off of your life and you enter into the kingdom of God that is a kingdom of blessing and favor and kindness and goodness and overflow and mercy and forgiveness and salvation. Hallelujah. It's like the prodigal son that squandered everything he had and came back to the father saying, I'll just be a servant. 
in my dad's house because if I come and I serve, at least the servants are better treated than I'm being treated by this world. Let me tell you, when you come to God thinking you're a lowly servant, just like the prodigal son, he meets you on the way. He puts a robe on your back and a ring on your finger, and he slays the fatted calf because he says, rejoice, my child has made it way back home. God is good. Do you believe it? Shout amen. You see, without the Lord, you are a dead man walking. Life has no meaning. There is nothing to be excited about. You're more excited about a movie coming out on Friday. Forget movies. They're all the same anyways. All Hollywood can do is rehash 1980s movies right now. Get ready for Gremlins 37 coming out next year. I have, I have it on good authority. There might be another Fast and the Furious. Oh, Wow. So original. I wonder what it's going to be about. It's nothing in this world. <laughs> Come on, somebody. You know it's true. See, when you don't have God in your life, there is no originality. You just keep rehashing the same script. But when God gets on the inside of you, look at what the Lord has done. You know, Jesus' revolution in the film, they said it's the highest grossing film that Lionsgate has put out for opening day. Because this generation wants the real, and the real is Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. When you're dead, there's nothing to be excited about. And dead people can't feel a touch. There's too many people in this world that can't feel the presence of the Lord. There's too many churches in this world that don't even press in for the presence of the Lord. Too many people that think one day we'll feel it. No, you can feel the presence of the Lord right here, right now. He says, I am present among those. Where two or more are in agreement, I am with them. Come on, somebody. Jesus is in this house right now. And his presence is real. And God wants to touch your life. What's the touch of God feel like? Well, to those that are hurting, it breaks the pain off. No one can get to the heart of man faster than God. You can be Dr. Field for a thousand year, years, or you can get one encounter with God, and the scars on your heart are washed away. Come on, somebody. The touch of God is real. Many years back, we were in a youth conference. And they gave an altar call for all the youth struggling with things. And thousands of kids, or hundreds at least, several hundred ran to the altar. My wife said, go up there and pray for one of the young, like, young ladies. Because the, the pastor was saying, come up here, all the pastors in the place, and begin to pray for people. I went up and I laid hands on this girl and she began to scream, crying. Just screaming out. And when I looked at her, she was just, I mean, I was like, in the name of Jesus, I declare peace over your mind, peace over your body. May the hand of the Lord touch this young lady right now. The pastor jumped off the stage and joined me. And as we prayed for this young lady, couldn't have been 13, 14, maybe 15 years old. She started crying and she takes her jacket off. And we see on her arms, there's scars all up and down her arms. Which she'd been cutting herself and cutting herself. Trying to feel something. But how many people realize that that's not what God wants you to feel? Jesus didn't bear on his back all those stripes so you could keep striping yourself today. He said, I will put it upon my back so that you might have healing, you might have freedom, and you might have forgiveness. Come on. Man, we prayed for this young lady, and with my own eyes, my physical eyes, I watched the scars disappear from her arms as the hand of the Lord touched this young lady. God is a miracle-working God. If you believe it, shout amen. Man, let God touch you. God can break off addictions. 
I was a man bound by cocaine addictions, marijuana, alcohol, oxycodone, hydrocodone, or actually oxycodone. I took everything you could take, always trying to feel a high. But one Sunday night, in the inside of my heart, I cried out to the Lord. And I said, God, I need you today to touch me. Amen. And man, I remember going to the altar that night. There wasn't an altar call given. There was no invitation. But there was a drawing by the Spirit of God. And when I knelt at that altar in Nashville, Tennessee, the power of God hit my head like a thunderbolt from heaven. Amen. And it shot through my body. It felt like a cold blast of water and a warm sensation at the same time. And I knew instantly every addiction on my life was broken and gone away with. God took out the alcoholism. He took out the desire for being high. He removed it all. And my ears heard his voice as he declared over my life. God wants to touch you. Come on, somebody. God wants to change your life. It's, sick. it's one thing to hear about God from someone else, but it's another thing to encounter him yourself. You can hear, you can look, you can see, or you can participate, and there is an invitation for everyone who would believe. Shout believe. believe. One more time, it comes down to that Jesus said, John 3, 16. He said, this is how, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through his son the world might be saved. Come on, somebody. There is salvation available. And in closing, if you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn in John chapter 4. The question has always been, after Christ came to this earth, he gave his life. He paid the price. He took care of the bill. His arms are stretched wide to anyone that would choose to believe. And he says to everybody in this place, come to me. If you're tired, you're weary, you're beaten down, life's a struggle, you feel like giving up, you feel like you're all alone, come to me if you're that way. And I will place a new yoke upon you that is easy, that is light, and I will give you rest. Because God is good. John chapter 4 verse 46 this is speaking about Jesus, that as he traveled through Galilee, he came to Cana, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a government official in nearby Capernaum whose son was very sick. And when he heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went and begged Jesus to come to Capernaum and to heal his son, who was about to die. And Jesus asked, will you never believe in me unless you see miraculous signs and wonders? But the official pleaded, Lord, please come now before my little boy dies. And Jesus told him, go back home, your son will live. And the man believed, shout believed. And the man believed what Jesus said and he started home. While the man was on his way, some of his servants met with him, met with him and brought him news that his son was alive and well. And he asked them when the boy had begun to get better. And they replied, yesterday afternoon at one o'clock, his fever suddenly disappeared. And the father realized that that was the very time that Jesus had told him, your son will live. And he, his entire household, believed in Jesus. The moment, I want you to grab this, the moment this man believed the word, death was broken off of his child. The moment you believe the word of God, death loses its grip on you, on your household, on all of your tomorrows. The moment you make a decision to believe God and hold him at his word, everything changes. No one can believe for you. 
No one can introduce you uh, other than you yourself opening your heart and saying, Jesus, I want to know you. I want you in my life today. I want something to change. I'm going to ask for every head to be bowed across this great room right now. This is between you and the Lord. It has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with your family. It has nothing to do with your kids. It has everything to do with you and God. Search your heart right now. Do you know the voice of the Lord? Have you had that moment that Christ Jesus stepped on the inside of you and everything changed? Have you ever had that encounter where you know, man, I transported from death to life. I see different. I hear different. I act different. I am different. He made me different. That's the new birth experience Jesus Christ himself said. It is impossible. It is impossible for anybody on earth to make it to the Father except through the Son. And only through receiving Jesus Christ can you be born again. He told Nicodemus, a man that is not born again will never, ever make it to heaven. But only those that are born again by the Spirit of God. It's a supernatural encounter that you need. It's the laying down of your life and the placing your life in the hands of the Lord that everything changes in a single moment. It's real and it's available right now. It doesn't take fancy things. It doesn't take lights. It doesn't take cameras. It just takes you saying, Jesus, I want you in my life today. And if that's the cry of your heart, with every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe in this room right now you've lived a hard life. Maybe it's been brutal. Say, Pastor Caleb, I want to believe, but you don't understand the things that I've endured. Maybe it's even been at the hands of the church. You say, I want to believe, but man, the church has done me wrong. Let me tell you, the church may do you wrong, but Jesus will never do you wrong. The church is full of people, and people are flawed, but Christ Jesus is perfect and entire and lacking nothing. And his love is perfect. And we're not talking about coming to a church. We're talking about coming to the Lord, your Savior, Jesus Christ. All it takes is the laying down of your life and say, Jesus, I want you. I want forgiveness. Maybe you're swallowed up in guilt right now. Maybe your life has been a life that you're full of regret. You cheated on this person. You broke off this relationship. You ruined this marriage. You're sick and tired of carrying the guilt and the shame. Let me tell you something. Only Jesus can break the power of guilt and shame off of your life. And he will do it in a single moment. He will take all your past mistakes and wash them by the washing of his hand. And remove it against your soul, against your mind. And give you a brand new lease on life. Jesus Christ loves you. And 2,000 years ago on Calvary's cross, he paid a price for you and I. And if you would believe right now in your heart, for the Bible says, those that believe in their heart, come on. And confess with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, they shall be saved. Today, with every head bowed and every eye closed in this place, if you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is between you and God. No one's looking at you. I want you to raise your hand right now. Say, Pastor Caleb, I want to give my heart to the Lord right now. Lift it up high. Thank you. Thank you. As your hands are raised, just keep them up to the Lord like lightning rods to God. It's between you and the Lord right now. And He loves you. He cares for you. Today is a new day. Today is a day of forgiveness. Today is a day of new things. Today is a day where death loses its grip on you and life is born again within you. It's the abundant life that Jesus declared he came to give you, abundant life. That life is available for each and every person with their hands stretched right now. Those in this room right now, your heart's beating in your chest, but you know, I need Jesus. If you were to die today, do you know for sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that heaven would be your next home? Don't put off till tomorrow what you need to do today. 
You might have come here to celebrate with your family, but you came for something bigger than that. You came here because God had a destiny in mind for you, an encounter where everything changed in a single twinkling of an eye. And all it takes is a heart that's open right now. Thank you, Jesus. Lift your hands one more time across the place, those surrendering to the Lord. As we begin to play right now, I'm going to ask you, all of you, there are many people with your hands raised right now. I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith with me right now. Every one of you with your hands raised, I ask you to please stand all across the room. All across the room. Give them a hand clap as they stand. There are many of you that raise your hand. Go on and stand. Stand up. Stand up. Never forget. You say, why do you do this, Pastor Caleb? Jesus himself said, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father in heaven. It doesn't matter what anybody in this room thinks. It matters what he thinks. And he said, if you confess me, I'll confess you before the angels and before my Father. If you're standing in this place, I'm going to ask you to please come and join me up here in the front. And if I want everybody in this room right now as they're making their way forward, give them a hand clap. Come join up. You can bring a chair for this dear lady if she needs it. As they come forward, just have them stand right here in the center. I want everybody in this room right now to look at the person beside you. I mean, seriously, look them in the eye and say, is there any question in your heart whether you should be there? It's a simple question. And if the person beside you says, man, I feel like maybe I need to be there, would you go with me? I want you to grab them by the hand, and I want you to make your way up here too. This is not something to be ashamed of. This is something to rejoice about. It's coming to life. Amen. Bless you, dear sister. Bless you, young man. Bless you, dear sister. Bless you, brother. Bless you. Looking sharp this Resurrection Sunday. Bless you, young lady. Bless you. Hello there. How are you doing? Hello there. Good to see you, Jacob. Bless you. Everybody in this room right now, you've, you've asked the person beside you if they need to be up here. I want you to cross the place right now. I want you to know this. You're not standing up here today by accident. It's not by accident that an ad popped up or whatever brought you to this meeting today. It is by divine assignment. Jesus loves you. And he says, I will seek you out. He will pursue you. That's what he's done. And you're here because when we lift Jesus up, he draws all men unto him. Now, let me tell you something. The easiest thing has just started in your life. That all you've got to do to remain following the Lord is keep this heart of surrender that you feel right now. It's every day. I surrender my life to you, God. I'll go where you want me to go, and I'll be who you've called me to be. Everybody out here, if you would stretch forth your hands to these people. Everybody up here, if you would raise both hands to heaven. This is the international sign of surrender, and that's all you're doing right now is surrendering your life to Jesus Christ. I want you to pray this prayer with me loud and proud out loud. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you today. I ask you, Lord, forgive me for every sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. Set me free. I repent for missing you. I repent for not following you. And I give you my life today. So Jesus, as my Lord, as my Savior, I ask you, please take my life. Use it, Lord, for your glory. Use my life in whatever way you desire to use it. From this day forward, I turn my back on sin, I turn my back on this world, and I choose to believe in your word, and I choose 
to follow you, Lord Jesus, all the days of my life. And Holy Spirit, I ask you right now, fill my body with the presence of the Lord. From my head to my toes, give me ears to hear and give me eyes that see, that I might see the goodness of God in the land of the living, and that I might hear the voice of the Lord each and every day of my life. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. And by faith in the work of the cross, in the word of God, and the spirit of the Lord, I receive right now the free gift of salvation. I am saved. I am forgiven. I am born again by the spirit of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, somebody. Give the Lord a hand clap. Hallelujah. Bless you, young man. Now listen, if you would turn and follow some of our workers, we might have a gift for you to, 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 to bless you with. It'll take just a few moments. As we close the service today, we're going to have a free giveaway for people in this place. And then we're in just a little while, we're going to break for all the kids to go hunt Easter eggs. But if you would, just follow. Don't worry, you'll not miss anything. Give them a hand clap as they go, church. Man, God is good. Amen? Just lift your hands across the place. Man, if you love Jesus, I want you to just thank him right now. Father, thank you for your presence. You know, I feel in my heart, there's authority in the church. If you believe that, say amen. That we are, as scripture says, Jesus said, that the church he gives the keys to, and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. There's authority in the church, and right now, I want you, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, as your hands are raised, I want you to begin to pray for this nation right now. I want you to lift up America. Father, we pray we cover this land one more time. From the White House to every house, from sea to shining sea, from the east coast to the west coast, from the north to the south, Father, protect our borders. Set the angels of God encamped about this land. Protect it, Father. We declare revival will shake our inner cities. It will shake our major cities. From Boston to New York to D.C. to L.A. to Houston to Dallas, all across this land. Father, let the glory of God rise in this land one more time. Let America be shaken by the hand of the Lord. Let revival spread like wildfire. Let the churches overflow. May the need to build churches become evident in this hour as people flock to the Lord one more time. Father, restore America one more time as only you can do. We pray it, God. We pray it, God. The Word of God says if we would repent from our wicked ways, we would turn from evil things and we would draw near to God that God would heal the land. That's what we're doing right now. Father, we're asking for another great awakening to shake America one more time. If you've got young kids, then you know what I'm talking about. May America not decline, but may it turn around in Jesus' name. My prayer as a believer in Jesus Christ is may I leave this nation better than I found it. And if you are with me, shout amen today. Listen, God's not finished with America yet. And I believe there are many great things. We're in just a second. We're going to have Pastor Jeff and Summer come up and show you some of the wonderful things that God has been doing at the River Claremont Church. Once again, my name is Pastor Caleb. This lovely woman is Pastor Kirsten. Eight years ago, the Lord called us from being a traveling evangelist, traveling across America and the nations of the world. And he called us to Claremont, of all places. I didn't even know Claremont existed. 
But he sent me here as a missionary, basically, even though I'm a Tennessee boy, planted in the great ground of Claremont, Florida. And when I came here, I said, Lord, why would you take an evangelist and you would bring him to be a pastor? And the Lord told me, he said, Caleb, because my church is lost and the evangelist calling is to the lost. And I want to get my church ready for what's ahead. Ten years ago when I was traveling with the Lord and he said, I want you to get the church ready. I didn't know fully what he was talking about, but I knew this. God was saying to us that the church has got to be prepared for what is ahead. There is plots, there is plans, but guess what? The church is the mightiest force on planet earth. And I believe we will see a reprieve. And I believe we will see the hand of the Lord. And I believe that God is not finished with America yet. And if you believe it, I want you to give the Lord a great big shout of praise. Listen, we invite you every Sunday at the River Church. We, are, we meet at 10 o'clock in the morning. We are located on Hook Street right behind the PNC Bank. We cordially invite every single person to say, come join with us. We love God and we love people and we promise you that God is not finished with your life. That it's just started and it will get better and better and better. Who can testify and say it's true? I love you, but Jesus loves you even more. Give a great hand clap as Pastor Jeff and Summer come to close it out. Give the Lord a shout this morning. Who's, who is happy to be here today? Amen. What a lo great, lovely bunch today. We're honored to have each and every one of you. We want to invite you to our spring kickoff that starts next week at 10 a.m. Who's going to be there? Yes. We have a QR code right here we want you to sign up for. It's an Eventbrite. Do you guys have that on the, on the sides? On the sides. Okay, on the sides. So just take your phone out. If you plan on being there and we want you to be there, you, just, you would just register over on, ah, sorry, register with the QR code. We are going to have ultimate hamburgers with the ultimate toppings. We're going to have hot dogs. We're going to have root beer floats. We're going to have games for the kids. We'll have um, also a kick, a football kick, which who in here, men in here, play football in high school? Okay, we get to go through your glory days. You get to try it out. We're going to try with our youth, okay? We want you guys to be there. You better Sorry. stretch I want first. You to be there. Yes, stretch. Stretch, stretch first. out. Yes. And what else do we have? Also, when you sign up, the reason why we want you to sign up is because we're giving away two free tickets to Disney. They're hop, they're park hop. What is it? Park hopper tickets. So that means you get to go to all the different parks for free. But you have to sign up on the QR code so that we know that you signed up and there will be a drawing at the end of the service. And also, we will have... We'll have water baptisms that day also. Come on. We're talking about Resurrection Sunday, right? The, the, we'll have water baptisms on that day and it doesn't matter if you've never been baptized. If when you have a revelation of water baptism, actually it is the death and burial, but it is the resurrection into a new life. Yes. So you can die to even failures and things in which uh, the enemies challenged you against and be resurrected into a new springing forth in life in a new direction. Amen? Yes. So we encourage you on that day. But God's been doing supernatural things at the River Claremont. I mean, um, we've been growing. It's amazing the things that's been happening even in the... Um, from the soul winning teams going out with the testimonies we've had to the um, youth testimonies. But last Sunday, the power of God and the presence of God entered into the place. 
and the, the atmosphere was pregnant for miracles. And, um, I mean, we had tumors that dissolved. We had legs growing out, people, back pains going that they've been dealing with. And um, just, just so many supernatural things. But one of my favorite was um, deaf ears opening. I'm talking the ability not to hear, and God just comes through in a moment and opens their ears to hear. Amen? And we have that testimony, I think, when we're going to play now. Peaches, and I want to share a little bit of my healing testimony with you guys today. So I already went in with anticipation. What I was looking for was for my ears. I was born with a hearing problem. I was told that probably by the time I was 50 or even 55, I was going to lose all hearing. It was going to get to the point where, you know, I wasn't going to be able to hear anything and hearing aids were no longer going to do anything for me and surgery wasn't going to help either. As I got older, my hearing decreased more and more and more to the point where about 15 years ago, I had to start wearing hearing aids. But even with the hearing aids, I felt like it wasn't enough, it wasn't working. A lot of the times I wouldn't even come to church because I couldn't hear the sermon or I couldn't hear the music and I just felt lost all the time and I just felt like I wasn't getting anything out of it. Um, so I came in today to service, believing in God for a miracle. And as I was sitting, the enemy was putting thoughts in my mind. I'm not worthy of this healing. I'm not good enough. My life isn't where I need to be. And every time the enemy put a thought in my head, it's like Pastor Caleb would say something that would rebuke what my thoughts were. There's nothing I need to do to earn it. God paid for it. By his stripes, I'm here. There's nothing I needed to do. My healing was free and he wants me to receive it. And as Pastor Caleb was calling the different ailments, first he called back, I'm like, okay, that's not for me. Then he called heart condition, uh, not for me. Then he said physical ailments, like diabetes, lupus, cancer. And I was like, okay, that's also not me. I was like, okay, I'm gonna wait for him to say, you know, people who deal with hearing problems or vision problems. Service ended and the enemy immediately put in my head, well, today's not your day, you came for nothing. I felt like this fire go through me and said, no, you need to go up for prayer. You need to be obedient. You need to take that step. That is not like me. I'm normally very introverted, very shy, very nervous about doing stuff like that. But I stepped out in obedience and reality was my faith was faltering. I grew up with Alicia and I have an app on my phone that as people talk to me, it transcribes what they're saying. So when I go up to Pastor Caleb, I'm with my phone and I want to hear what he's saying. And my daughter says, give me your phone. And I said, no, because then I can't hear what he's saying. But she took it anyways. She acted out in faith for me. And immediately what came into my mind was when the man was lowered through the roof by his friends, their faith helped him receive his healing. So I stood on my daughter's faith and I stood on Pastor Caleb's faith and I said, okay, now it's my turn to step out in faith for myself. And immediately as I go out without even saying anything, Pastor Caleb says, spirit of deafness. So I knew right there, this is my moment, God's gonna heal me. He put his hands on my ear and I felt the fire of God. I felt immediately like my ears were on fire and I still had my hearing aids on at this point and all of a sudden 
everything got so extremely loud to the point where it was bothering me. So I pulled out my hearing aids, I gave them to Alicia, and Pastor Caleb started whispering in my ear and asked me to repeat what he said. That was something that I could have never done before. And everything he said, I repeated it. I used to read lips. And so the fact that he was in my ear and I wasn't looking directly at him and I knew what he was saying, I was just completely amazed by it. And I felt the fire of God just rush through me. And I got up and all of a sudden, I'm like, oh my God, there's music in church. There's people talking. I felt like this haze, this fog that was over my life was just completely gone. And at this point, we call my mom. I haven't had a phone conversation with my mom in years. I can't hear on the phone. I have an app that would caption everything people are saying. And I pick up the phone and service is still, you know, it's the end of service, so there's still music going on, there's still people talking, and I'm able to have a phone conversation with my mother. It was like, I wanted to talk to everybody, and because I can't have conversations with people, I would shy away and I wouldn't really talk to anybody, but all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, I can hear what they're saying, I can have a conversation with you, I can talk to you, and we can, you know, back and forth. I'm not wearing my hearing aids, I'm able to have a conversation. I almost lived in constant fear of getting older, of, okay, am I going to be able to hear my grandchildren? Is this something that I have to live with for the rest of my life? You know, what is the quality of my old age, my retirement, when my grandbabies come up to me and, you know, they want to talk to me, am I going to be able to have a conversation with them? And the enemy just put that on me. This is who you are. This is your future. Just accept it. I would even try to, like, form logic as to why I couldn't hear. Well, maybe this is, you know, how God made me. This is how God wants me. But that's not true. The enemy wants to keep you sick. The enemy wants to keep you from being free, from being totally healed. Jesus sat on the cross and by his stripes we were healed. And I kept telling myself, you're not worthy enough, you're not good enough, this isn't for you. But by the grace of God, I had a moment where I just accepted, yes, this is why Christ died on the cross. It was for this exact moment that Jesus took all my infirmity, all the pain that he suffered, was so that I can live free and I can live a life without that fog. I felt like the veil was torn. For the first time in my life, I felt free. I felt alive. And knowing now that that's not gonna be a problem, that I can communicate with my future generations that old age isn't gonna be bleak, I have a whole future ahead of me. It's just an amazing feeling. Come on, give God glory. Come on. Hallelujah. Man, that, let that expand your faith right now in this very moment to receive whatever you need healing for in your body. Amen? Father, I thank you right now. Just as it happened in her life, it will happen in every single person's life here today. Whatever miracle they need, whatever healing they need, let it take them now. From head to toe, we speak them to be healed and whole in the mighty name of Jesus. And we thank you in advance for the miracles and the testimonies to come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How powerful. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. It's like for time for round two. <laughs> we could just go on. Praise God. Well, um, time for the giveaways. Who's ready for giveaways? Who's ready for the giveaways? And uh, this is going to be to the 
River family member that brought the most friends and family today. So whoever here grabbed their neighbors and brought them all in, and really it was it was it was Alicia that grabbed her mom in a time and pulled her up that actually made her step into the healing. So this, um, anyways, this goes for that. So Pastor Summer, you got the name? Yes. Okay. So thank you so much, but Hallelujah. Sandra Boston is the winner of the gift card, two hundred and fifty dollars. She brought 12 people. Thank you, Jesus. The number 12, just like the disciples. Where's she in at? The nursery. Oh, she's just being a great servant. You what like a servant's her. heart, yes. huh? Is that he, shows you right there. Is her husband in here? The kids? No? Okay. Oh, oh well, well, sh come get it. <laughs> I'm sure she was going to give it all to you anyways, right? Come on, what an amazing family they are. Alicia, would you like to come up and share? Here she comes. Tell us a little about the youth and what's going on and, and who won the prize there. <laughs> okay. That was my mom, by the way, so I'm like, ah! Okay. Um... So our, <laughs> our wave group is um, from ages 13 to 19. Um, if you're here in the, if you're from wave, give you a little woo! Yay, okay. So it's from 13 to 19. If you're here and you haven't connected um, with the wave table after service, there'll be a table for wave. We invite you to come on out. The power of God has just been flowing in the place. The spirit always shows up. You know, it's just a, a hosting ground for the spirit of the Lord to come in. And it's touching the hearts of all of us. It's, 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 it's amazing. You know, don't, don't hear about it. See about it. I, I don't know if I said that. Experience it. I don't know if I said that right. Anyways. Um, so <laughs> there's a prize um, for whoever brought the most um, friends here and who are going to come to Wave. And it was a gift card. And for what? Oh, for Foot Locker. It was $150 for a new pair of little shoes. And the prize goes to Gracie Hughes. She brought three people. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, come next week. <laughs> it's fun. It's amazing. It's growing. And um, the Lord's really doing something in the youth right now. It's moving powerfully. Amen. So if you didn't win... This week, next week, you have a chance to win again at youth. So if you are a youth age, bring your friends, come again, come on Wednesday, and there'll be another drawing, okay? Now, this drawing is for everybody that's in here. Who got a ticket? Everybody get a ticket? If you did not get a ticket, can you raise your hand? The usher will give you a ticket if you, didn't, if you came in and did not get a ticket. Just keep your hand raised, and they're going to give you a ticket. Y'all have to bring the other part up here now. Don't forget that. Everybody got a ticket? We're working hard. Thank you, Usher. Man, seriously, the testimonies that come out of last week, even, even as we were sitting here and I'm looking around, I mean, there was people that were on oxygen. Oxygen. O oxygen. There we go. <laughs> Translation. That's the new living version.
she I keep her pretty busy at, at correcting <laughs> grammar. But on the other hand, on math, no, <laughs> I get back. Yeah. Amen. We partner with math. <laughs> yes. Glory to God. Everybody has So a everybody has one? Nope, we're getting there. All right, All those, right. those that need to be put back in, All right. bring them up. Okay, Mr. John. Thank you, ushers. Or was that the Lord? You guys are doing a phenomenal job. This is a big room. I've heard that voice before. A couple more. We got a couple more. While we're waiting after this, as soon as we draw this, we're gonna. Um, we have ten thousand Easter eggs, so we're gonna dismiss everybody after we have the draw in here to see who won, and then we'll be exiting out these doors, right to our left, to your right, and we'll be. Um, there's a soccer field out there. I'm sure we won't be able to miss it once we get through the doors, right? Make sure you get your kids, your purse, your items, all that stuff before you exit. My wife just reminded me, tell them to make sure they get their kids. <laughs> it's all right. We've all forgot them. I haven't, but no, I'm just teasing. Yes. So after the drawing, you'll pick up your child from Kids Church, and then you can exit to the left to the soccer field, and that's where we'll have the 10,000 Easter eggs that they will get to hunt and grab, and it'll be a great time. I think we have everything. Okay, now we're good. So this giveaway is for $100 for lunch or dinner on us. Okay? All right, stir it up. All right, Pastor Kirsten, she's going to draw the ticket. Drum roll. Seven zero six zero six seven. Yeah, it's here we go. Yellow, right? Winner yeah. in the back. Come on, Woo-hoo. come on down. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That's so awesome. On behalf of the River Church, thank everybody for coming. And listen, it's only getting started, so make sure you get all of your items, everything, and your children, as my wife said. And let's meet outside and let's gather up 10,000 Easter eggs. Amen. Praise God. We plead the blood of Jesus over you, and we look forward to fellowshipping and seeing you outside. And don't forget, next week at 10 o'clock, we'll see you next week at 10.